Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. So we're finishing our series in the Psalms today. We started this at the beginning of the summer, and we're going to finish our series today with the psalm that I would call an English teacher's dream. Psalm 150 is the final psalm. We started with Psalm 1. We're going to end with the last one. And it answers all of those questions. Now, before we dive in to Psalm 150, I want to go all the way back to the beginning of this series. We said in the beginning that the Psalms are a collection of poems and songs that are meant as prayers. They are sincere. They're authentic cries of people walking through life with God, whether they find themselves on the mountaintops or in the valleys. Psalm 1 starts with a call to joy. The New Living Translation says, Oh, the joy of those whose delight is in the ways of the Lord. Oh, the joy when we find our delight in the life that God has for us. And it goes on to describe a person like that. You find a person whose delight is in the way of God, and you will see a person who is prospering. You will see a a person who is bearing fruit as God grows that in them. The message is life with God transforms you. The Psalms are all about the God who meets us wherever we are, in our highest moments of joy and in our lowest moments of sorrow. God is there and he is constant and he is unmovably by our side. The Psalms uh, tell us about a God who is experienced. I officiated a funeral this past Friday for a 21-year-old. So much life and so much hope for the future. And in a moment now, the family is walking through grief that they didn't plan on and is the heart-wrenching, heart-breaking kind. And I was able to share with them that while God didn't do this, while this wasn't some sort of divine punishment, he would be there with them through it. While God didn't cause the pain, he can transform the pain. His love is bigger than the grief they're walking through. And that's true of us, too. And that's, that's the message I think that the Psalms do a really good job in conveying, that no matter what you're walking through, God's love is right there with you, and you can call out to him even when you don't feel it. The Psalms present an invitation to walk with the God who will always be with us. And as we recognize his love for us, ultimately, I would say, demonstrate it in the life, in the ministry, in the death, in the resurrection of Jesus. As we're transformed by him and as we're led by the Holy Spirit, our life erupts with praise. Here's what I want to do today. I want to give you a heads up for what's coming because I'm going to bring you into this, okay? I don't want to just talk at you this morning. I want to have um, more shared experience. I want to dive into Psalm 150, and I want to look at our response to God's activity in our lives. I want, this, I want my part in this to be a little bit shorter today because I want to create space to share together. After looking at Psalm 150, I want to open up the mic here for you to come up and share ways that you have seen God show up in your life in the last year. Questions like, 
How has God met you? How has God transformed you? How do you feel yourself growing because of God's activity in your life? How have you grown in your understanding of God's character? How have you seen and experienced God? Those are kind of the general questions that I want to open up. And I want you to feel free to come up and share, even if it's just one sentence. I've grown in understanding that God is like this. Would be wonderful. Okay? Some of you take a little bit more time to process and to articulate something. I want to give you a fair warning. Um, It's coming in 10 or 15 minutes. Okay? And we'll create some space, and I want to hear. Um, And if you don't have anything, I don't want you to feel pressure. But if God stirs something in you to share, then I want you to recognize the good, healthy pressure. Maybe that the Holy Spirit is like trying to lift you up out of that comfortable seat. Okay, then. Psalm 150 reads this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine. I know Jenny likes that one. And dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, it's English class. So let's break it down. What, what would you say is the main idea of this psalm in one word? Praise, Praise right? That's what it's all about. That's what we're told to do. 13 times in five verses. It's about one time in every five words in this psalm. The word praise, the command praise is given. Every idea in this psalm starts with the word praise, except for the one, except for the second to last one, which includes it at the end, right? Every idea includes the word praise in it. And here's, here's if we answer the word what, what is this all about? We say praise... We go to the Hebrew word, and we look at the definition of the Hebrew word halal. And it says to praise, but then it also includes in it to be boastful. And I love that. When it's talking about praising God, it's to make a boast about God, to raise him up, to share something that you know with great confidence. You find people who are boastful all the time, and they're boastful in themselves, they're boastful about an accomplishment, they're boastful about something else. But if you find somebody who's just naturally boastful about God, that's actually, that draws me in, right? Not somebody who's like in your face pressuring you, but somebody who's just kind of bubbling up. Let me tell you how awesome God is. Let me tell you what I've experienced. Again, not to hit you over the head with a hammer, but just kind of, it's just kind of bubbling out of them with a gentle confidence that comes from somebody who's not in a fight, but someone with delight, right? Make a boast about God. 13 times in five verses, boast about God. Share, brag about Him, not about you, not about what you're up to, but about what He's up to. We come to a place where God is God and we are not. We lift Him high, and we delight in Him. We don't seek the ultimate praise for ourselves, 
we don't give the ultimate praise to anyone but the one who is worthy, right? That's our what. Praise, boast about God. And the next question is where? So verse 1, I would say, answers that question. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. So the author here identifies two different locations. The psalmist is looking at the sanctuary, which was thought of as the place where God resided here on earth. And if you look back through the pages of the Bible, it's really a fun study to say, where is the presence of God seen? Where does God dwell? Where does he make his living place with us as humans? In Genesis 1, it's like hovering over the waters. If you go further down the story in God's people, God shows up and he says, build a tent. As you walk out of Eden, Egypt together toward the promised land, I want to be with you. Build a tent that will house my presence because it's just, it's too big and it's too glorious to just be running wild. Uh, set up a tent so I could dwell with you here. And you go down the story a little bit further and they build actually a permanent building to house the presence of God. And then the New Testament happens, and Jesus dies on the cross, and the curtain of that most holy place where God dwelt is split in half by God from top to bottom. And you know as Jesus ascends and says, I'm sending my spirit who will live where? In you, in me. And we are called the temple of God. So God doesn't dwell in a building anymore. God doesn't make himself most known in buildings. This place where we meet is not the church. We are. We are the temple. God dwells in us. And so if you look at Psalm 1 and says, well, where am I supposed to praise God? And the psalmist points to praise him where he is. Praise him in the sanctuary here. Praise him in the highest heavens. Praise God where he is. If he dwells in you, where do you praise God? Everywhere you go, you carry God with you and you praise him everywhere you go. Now, there may be places um, that you go that can help with that. Like gathering in a community, I think, helps amplify, right? But that's not the highest expression of what this psalm is doing. Praise him together. Praise him alone. Praise him everywhere you go. Praise him in the temple and you are the temple. So you praise him with the life you live. That's where. I love that. I praise him. I brag about him everywhere I go. And how about the why? It's an important question. Verse 2, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We praise God because of what he's done, and we praise God because of who he is. When we get to know the character and the behavior of God, it moves us to praise. We don't just make this stuff up. We don't just try to force ourselves in praise, like, I should praise, and so I, I will do my best, right? The, the solution is not in trying harder. The solution is actually in experiencing God yourself. When you get to know, not just with your head, but when it connects with your heart, when you get to know the character of God, you experience in him in your life, that tends to come out in confidence and in praise. His character and his behavior start to shine. So what 
The question, what, is we boast about God. We put our confidence in Him. We start sharing Him with others around us. Where? Everywhere I go. Why? Because I have seen Him at work in my life. Because I have experienced Him. Because I know Him. And I'm growing to know Him in deeper and deeper ways. The next question is how? Verse 3 says, Praise Him with the trumpet sound. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. So how should we praise? What do you have? Use that. I can see the psalmist looking around like, Oh, yeah, praise the drums there. Get, grab the keyboard. Somebody can play that. Let's praise him with that. Somebody grab a mic. You can praise him with that. You don't have a great voice. Take the mic anyway, right? Like, what do you have? What has God given you? Use that to praise. If it's dance, if it's a tambourine, if it's uh, poetry, if it's writing, if it's storytelling, if it's joke telling, use that as a way to raise God up. Use whatever God has given you. Some of you, lots of people in here are artistic. There are a number of photographers in this room. Like, use your photography to brag about God. Look around at the world and the people that he made and say, look at this. This is God's masterpiece. Every portrait you take is a picture of a masterpiece of God. You know that? That's God's artistry at work. And we get to capture it and look at it and acknowledge, God, you did good. Wow. That's really, really good. So praise him with your camera. Praise him with whatever you have. You like to bang on the drums? With the right motives and the right ears, that sounds beautiful, even if you haven't had drum lessons. The idea is, what's in your hand? What do you have? What stories do you have to share? Whatever you've got, use it. Except puppets. <laughs> Don't do puppets. Okay, maybe, maybe puppets could work. Last, uh, the question is who then? Who praises? Verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. What? We boast about God putting our confidence in Him and sharing Him with others. Where? Everywhere I go, because He lives in me. Why? Because we have seen Him at work in our lives. We have experienced Him. How? With everything that we've got. Who? It's pretty open here. Everything that has breath. We all have reason to praise if we see it. If we see it. We have life we can praise. One day, everyone will recognize God for who he is. And God says, now is the time that he's given us. There is no moment like now, which leads to the next question. When? When? Psalm 150 closes with the final pr phrase, praise the Lord. When should I praise him? Yes. Now. Now is the time. Now is always the time. I remember uh, Joe's Crab Shack when I was in college had the side of the building painted on it, free crabs tomorrow. 
That sounds really great. And it's always tomorrow is a day later, right? Now is the time to praise. Whatever, you, whatever moment you find yourself in, now is the time of praise. That doesn't mean fake it. That doesn't mean pretend everything is happy. That means be true, be authentic, be sincere, and point back to God. If you're in your lowest moment, give that to God. Point to him who is with you even in that moment. If you're at your highest moment, point to him. If you're going through the humdrum, the mundane of the ordinary day after day after day after day, use that right now to praise because we experience him and then it flows out of us. So I want you to take a minute again with those questions. I'm going to sit down. How has God met you? How has he transformed you? How have you grown in your understanding of God's character? How have you seen and experienced God? I want to open the mic up for sharing. This is praise. This is boasting, right? This is sharing what we know and have experienced about God together. The rule is be sincere. Be authentic. Feel free to keep it simple. When you're ready, come on up. (sighs) So... One way that I feel like I've learned to relate to God is just through what we're kind of talking about here, just uh, just breathing. And if you guys could maybe join me in this for a few minutes, just close your eyes and just... Just know that, you know, God's given us life and His Spirit just encapsulates this whole planet you know just remember that our God is our creator and that he's here with us I don't think it's a it's an accident that the Greek word for spirit is pneuma which also means wind and that it said that God breathed life into us You know, sometimes maybe we overcomplicate it. Sometimes maybe we're really just looking for something that's just right there. And, you know, Josh Montague said, you know, I love to come to this place to pray. And, you know, I I love to go to um, our beloved Cherokee Mar sometimes. Just there's a there's a bench on one of the uh, on one of the um, the I think it's a snow ski trail um, where I just go there sometimes and sit. And I don't talk. I just breathe. And, you know, I, I feel like sometimes God opens up to me there. Or maybe I'm opening up to him. I'm not really sure what it is. But So, yeah, I feel like that's just been a new way for me to relate to God and for me to spend time with him. That's really profound. You know, and I look back at some of the stories in the Bible, and I just remember Abraham engaging with God, just laying down and looking up at the stars, probably with no light pollution whatsoever, and just seeing the vastness and all the colors and all the the the, the bright stars and and the, the the gas nebulae, the oranges, and just all those hues. And I I just you know I feel like sometimes those moments are. Uh, the ones where I really connect. 
And then Jesus goes out into the garden or maybe gets away from the people and from the noise just to connect to his father. And so I think for me, that's been something where I've really learned to connect. And I hope that's something valuable maybe that I could share with you guys today. Thank you. Thanks, Joss. Finding God in the quiet, even in the simple act of breathing, you can recognize that he's there with you and just kind of breathe in his presence uh, as a, it's sort of a spiritual discipline, uh, recognizing him there with you. So if I don't go next, I'm not going to go because I get so nervous and so I I don't run up here, but um, wow. So how has God shown up in my life the last year? Um, I've struggled with anxiety for quite a while and um, being able to go to Rebecca's house and meet with the other ladies, young women, I should say, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I was able to really get vulnerable with them and um, share about struggles I was having. Um, I remember when Shannon came to a Serenity Home Meditation after Victor died, uh, May 26 of 2017, Mike found Victor after he had passed away and um, tried to resuscitate him. And ever since then, you know, Victor had already passed, but ever since then I've really struggled with worrying about the ladies and the, and the young men and old men that, that God's brought to us. And um, I just remember your words, oh, Shannon, when you were there that, you know, basically God's got this. I don't need to worry about it. God is God, and just like you were saying this morning, uh, God is showing me again, like when we buried uh, Gabriel Friday, thank you, that um, um, he didn't cause it, but through it, he's with us, and he will transform it into something beautiful, and um, so um, we're still I'm still worried in my brain, um, but I'm turning it over and asking God to remove my anxiety about, um, you know, leaders within serenity and, you know, their struggles continuously, continually. Um, even this morning we found out something and I'm thinking about it and I need to just, God is with us and he's going to transform it and I'm not in control and I don't need to be worrying about it and that is the truth and being able to go to Rebecca's group and tell the women um, you know what what I needed prayer for and um, having the ladies there to listen to me was and now I'm going to go a step further and get really vulnerable but um, so my whole life I've had problems with jobs and um, I've struggled with mental illness and um, you know keeping a job and being a part of trying to feel like I belong somewhere and relate to people because lies would get in my head and interfere with my work performance and and I was struggling a lot over the winter and um, I I got to tell the ladies you know I, I forced myself to become vulnerable another woman had a situation at work and um, you know I want to thank my group my small group because um, I know they were praying for me and I got through it and now I'm still at that job and I'm doing really well. And um, so praise the Lord, amen.
God shows up every day for me, um, even when I don't feel like showing up, like to work or uh, being part of life. Um, I just love, I love this place, um, and I love the worship, and um, I found myself going um, to. Uh, global presence um, in the spring and summer last year and it's a very similar atmosphere to this place and um, the pastor there was talking about the five the five aspects of um, uh, apostle apostleship and leadership in the church. And um, I was getting ready to study um, even even further and deeper in, in those things. And uh, the church ended up closing in August. And um, I, knew I knew Global Presence wasn't gonna go away like for good um, because they're, they're out, they're spreading the message of Jesus they're spreading the love of Christ. And I hope Damascus Road can do the same. I hope we can go out and show everybody that even when you're hurting, even when you're down, you can get back up and you can and you can love like Jesus did because I have a heart for people and I'm just, I'm nervous today, but I really need to get this out. Um, a couple of years ago, my um, brother-in-law committed suicide, and it was because he was struggling with alcohol. Um, and depression, and those are the similar things that I struggle with. And um, he did that when he was 34, and I turned 34 this year. I don't want that to be my um, end to my life. I want to I wanna live a lot longer than that, so that's why I keep coming back here. That's why I keep co showing up, because I have hope that I can get past my mental illness and recover and live a fulfilling life and and love for Jesus. Um, I, I really love literature, and um, eventually I want to study literature, but I just, I don't have the means, and I, I just love God so much, and he's showing up all the time, and it's amazing. And I thank you guys. I wonder if we could take just a moment to pray for Michael right now. Um, he's coming up on a 34th year. He just shared some fear about not wanting to like go down the same cycles that have been set, and I don't think it, it doesn't have to go that way. Um, Jesus doesn't want it to go that way, and we don't, and he doesn't. So if we could take a moment to pray uh, with Michael right now, that would be great. 
God, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for Michael. We thank you for his courage to uh, continue to engage, to come up and share about ways that he's excited about growing in you and following you. And right now we pray against fear in his life. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make yourself uh, more real than he's ever experienced, that you would abolish the fear that is holding him down, that you take the grief that he's walked through and that you'd be able to transform it and that he would be set free from thinking that he's uh, just trapped in a cycle that will continue for him. We pray that you'd set him free right now. Take the fear away. We say, fear, you can't stay here. In Jesus' name, you have to leave. And we pray that you would work that out, that you would transform him, that you would let him walk in freedom and joy with his head up. We see his heart for you and his desire to live with you and for you. And we pray that you would um, continue to, to pour into him like a well overflowing. We thank you for uh, how much you love him, how important he is to you. And we thank you for him today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Michael. Um, so something that I struggle with a lot is just, like, being extremely critical of myself. There's always, like, this voice in my head, like, oh, you're not good enough. This other person's better than you. Um, you need to try harder. Um, so, like, God is just, like, constantly reminding me that I'm enough, um, that I don't need to, like, be better, don't need to try harder. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's it. So I'm seeing a trend here this morning of people that struggle with anxiety and depression. So I'm just gonna jump on that bandwagon and say me too. Um, it's something that I've struggled with all of my life, um, starting when I was Judah's age, <laughs> with the same fears that you have. Um, this year, the Lord has brought me to a place where I'm finally able to face those demons. That started when I was like Judah. Um, I kept a journal when I was her age, and I've been avoiding reading it. And the Lord had me read it this year and face a lot of lies that I told myself and still believe to this day sometimes. Um, I was raised in a church culture that shamed women a lot. Um, and I've been bitter about it for a really long time. And this year, the Lord has allowed me to finally let go of all of that. Do you guys remember the movie Pollyanna? <laughs> <laughs> you know where she says, where if you look, I wrote it down, I Googled it. If you look for the bad in mankind, expecting to find it, you surely will. I've been doing that for a really long time, specifically in the church, and I've been bitter about it for a really long time. And God is teaching me this year to let all of that go and to finally be free. Um, I hit rock bottom four weeks ago. I had to go home for a funeral to my hometown, and in that funeral, there was a thousand people in the room that I hadn't seen some in 20, 30 years. And a lot of those people had contributed to 
the shaming culture that I was raised in. And I was forced to face that head on. And Jeannie and Shana met me out in the hall that, sun that next Sunday morning where I was just done. Um, I went home that day and curled up in a ball and I wasn't going to leave my room. And I had to leave my room because I had a meeting scheduled to talk about my rally at five o'clock. It's the only thing that got me out of the house. And I can tell you that God met me there in the room where I was meeting with a group of wonderful people, some Christian, some not, some gay, some straight, whatever. And he showed me that if you look for the good, you can find it too. And I'm learning to focus, to change my mindset and to focus on the good in people because there is so much beauty and so much joy in the world if we look for it. So that's where I'm at. So this is just a praise to God. Um, uh, I spent a lot of time to myself in deep thought on all kinds of things about life, and I don't know why I'm crying right now, because I'm not much to cry. But in my head, I know that I matter to God, that my heart has been very difficult to grasp that. And I was in a conversation with Shannon. She was having coffee. And we we're talking about life. No really big conversation or anything. But I talked about how in my head that I know there's millions of galaxies in the world. Um, and there's millions of stars in our galaxy, and there's billions of people on Earth. And God came here to be with us. But what didn't sit with me is understanding that I'm also important to him. And Shannon asked me to be quiet, to just sit and think. And I thought, um, and this vision came to my head, at that time of Jesus standing over the earth. Um, and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time, but Shannon was able to interpret and talk to me about that moment. And what was really interesting at that time, which I didn't speak about, was as I was listening to Shannon's interpretation, God visited me. He sat and rested with me. And I was crying then too. But I felt, I'm feeling it down too, that I mattered to God. And I want you to know too that you can experience this overwhelming <laughs> love that he has for you as well. You don't have to think it. 
You don't have to. Just acknowledge it outside of emotion. But you can feel it too. So I want to praise God for giving me that moment and allow me also to feel that moment with you, but also to share it with you. So I'm praising him in that right now. I love that there's a cue for, te- I mean, you go to a lot of churches and it's like pulling teeth, you know, it's not, not with everybody here who loves each other so much. Anyway, um, what is, what's the previous couple of verses? No, not Justin's number, no. <laughs> praise him with tambourine and dance, praise him with strings and pipe, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud clashing cymbals. As a musician, some of my favorite verses. Anyway, um, a lot of you know about this thing I do at my house, and um, I've I've really been kind of wondering about what, why has it become what it has become? It was just this thing to have some of my neighbors over, you know, and and try and get to know my neighbors. Suddenly, I have twelve hundred neighbors, and um, I. Two things happened this last time. Um, okay, I got a couple of, you know, they, like people write reviews and stuff. I want to read you two of them. Um, wow, thank you for opening your home and your hearts to others and to share your passion for music. It was my first time there tonight and I was so impressed. In a world filled with no trespassing signs, warning signs, and fences, you invited us in and simply said, bring a chair and some bug spray. (laughs) Makes me think of what I can do to be a better neighbor and build community where I live. So I don't even know this person. Um, And and then the other one, the other person I do know, and um, the artist last time sang that song, Alleluia, by Leonard Cohen, which is not a Christian song. It's about a girl, really. But um, it's about people worshiping the wrong things, really. Um, But it's a gorgeous song, and it's a very moving song. And this girl was not at the show, and I just sent her a video I made of it that night, and she said, a couple of days later, I saw this pop in my message box, and after an especially harrowing day, I just watched it. It's so beautiful. Today I found out my brother has been given about four weeks to live. Um, And she goes on about that. It's not not very happy, but she said, I'm so sad, but this helped. Thanks for doing these concerts. I haven't made it to nearly enough, but they bless me every time I get a taste. So, and, and then finally, the, the, the actual artist who, who played is kind of a, a little bit of a cold fish <laughs> and standoffish and, and even shy. Um, fame came upon him really suddenly, and I don't think he really knew what to do with it. But he's handled it pretty well. But he came, when he came, he was kind of really suspicious and a little cynical. And by the end of the night, he hugged me four times and said, this is so beautiful. And he, like, demanded that I bring him back. <laughs> so, so the Lord is really using it. It's like, 
I guess the thing that I'd like to leave you with is this was the thing that I knew how to do. Like I, I wasn't going to go start a knitting circle <laughs> or a book club or anything like that. It's like, well, I know how to do stuff around music, so I'll do this thing. And I had no idea what God had in mind. And, and each year we kind of make a theme around these things. And this year our theme has been, what can you do? And we've been challenging all those people that come. We say, what can you do? And, and there's been three separate people that have come up and said they've started things in their neighborhood because of what we said from the stage. So <laughs> praise the Lord <laughs> with symbols and stuff. Hallelujah. I don't even really know what I'm going to say, but I just feel like God, God's just shown himself to me this year through heartbreak. And he's really been there and just shown me that he loves me through people. I've, I've had two miscarriages in the last year, and I've had three total. And I've been angry. <laughs> and I, I don't know if anybody read my Facebook post. There was a little bit of swearing, and <laughs> but I was I was mad at God, and and He told me it's okay, it's okay to be mad, it's okay to express that, and just just to be vulnerable, and and sometimes things are just not fair. But I've struggled knowing that it's okay to be mad at God and knowing how big he is, it still sometimes feels like, where are you? Where are you at, God? And, and he really has shown me, like, through people. It's just, it's just really hard to, it's just been a very difficult year for me. But um, recently, I was having one of those, where are you? Are you even there? Do you even exist? Do you even care about me? And I think it was the next Sunday, I walked in, and you came right up to me, and you said you had been praying for me. And I didn't think anything of it at that time. And then as I was leaving, Beth Spransy came up to me and said the same thing, and just made me realize that, that God does love me and he is thinking of me and he's hurting with me and he he's using all of you and my women's group just to just to show me how much he loves me and that it's it's you can still praise him when you're when you're sad and it's just been that's just a kind of year it's been for me but I really just appreciate everybody who's who's come up to me or given me a hug it it really means a lot and it really is God it really is God speaking to me through you so thank you uh, hello I don't normally get up in front of a microphone um, which is laughable to people who hear me talk because I talk too much sometimes. Um, it's true, it's true. <laughs> I, I know that. Um, I'm basically, I basically have Asperger's syndrome, 
which basically means that when I was a kid, nobody knew anything like that, which meant that when I was 16, 17, well, all the way through my childhood, like teachers would act like there was something seriously wrong with me at school. And basically I was never going to do certain things. And when I was 18, like a lot of my friends, you know, we had a large youth group and all of our friends ended up doing um, the youth leading, you know, and I kind of waited, you know, I was 18, you know, and it never happened because they weren't ever going to let me look after anyone. Um, and that really hurt and it messed me up for a long, long time because in a lot of ways that's some of the things I want to do. I want to show younger people how to do things. And so I have to pray to God because here people have actually let me do that, you know. Um, but, you know, the fact that I've actually, you know, I've got to lead a small group this year in in student ministry, you know, um, and stuff like that, and all that is totally different to what I was told for a long time by well-meaning people, you know. It wasn't people who were trying to be horrible. They were trying to um, help me out and stuff like that, but it that's not the way it ends up feeling because sometimes in church we get hurt but it's by people who are trying to help and trying to be good and so the fact that I get the chance to you know some people they they think it they really can't deal with children or young people and it's like their idea of hell um, to be stuck in a room yes Jeannie Jeannie doesn't like this to be stuck in a room with um, a bunch of screaming kids um, but on, honestly, one of my favorite things is, is having um, kind of a conversation of like challenging wills with an eight-year-old, you know? You know, about who is going to be like in charge of this room at this point in time, you know? I actually enjoy it, <laughs> which is crazy. So, um, and I thought that was it, and that was a great blessing. And then um, this kind of April, Kelly was sick when we were doing um, um, a... Uh, one of the Sunday morning things. And the one thing I've said in students' ministry, some of the other guys have taught, is that I'm not teaching because I get like this in front of a microphone and I get all kind of nervous and everything like that. So um, we, we did the, I did the Sunday school. I get here and, um, you know, Leslie says, yeah, we've got a backup for you, you know, for, to help you out. And I'm like, okay, okay who is it? You know, like, uh, oh, it's Justin. Okay, so you're expecting me to go teach Sunday school in front of a person who's actually you know, a pastor. Yeah, this is, yeah, so I was kind of nervous. So we did it, and then like a week later, he said, you did really well, why didn't you teach at, at students' ministry on, in three weeks' time? So I did, and it went pretty well, I think. <laughs> but um, it's just a blessing. You guys have really blessed me, and I have to praise God for that, because you've blessed me by actually um, leaving me sometime, you know, with your kids and not expecting me to burn down the place, you know? Um, so, thank you. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a little bit difficult for me. Um, I don't talk a lot about it. Right before Easter, my dad died. And... Yeah, with that just comes a whole lot of emotions. There's a lot of regret. There's a lot of grieving stuff that I'm processing through and working through. 
And I can praise God in this because throughout the whole thing, I was never alone. From being able to have a last minute coffee time with Shannon and just talking, um, hearing messages from the Leesons and, and other different people that I've come to know over the years. Like God's just always been showing me this. You're not walking through this alone and I'm not leaving you alone. And so, yeah, it's just hard to work through all those things. There's a lot to unpack there. And it's hard for me to really open up deep about it. Just praising God that in the hardest of times, you're never alone. And that's something that God's been showing me a lot this year. Hey, so in the past, can you guys hear me? Okay, it's like, cool. <laughs> in the past, like, year and a half, I've had about three knee surgeries. The first was on the right, and then I had two on the left. But I just remember, like, the right was really bad because I, like, dislocated my kneecap. And, like, when you get in that much pain, like, you don't really cry. You just, like, pass out. So I woke up, and there's, like, paramedics everywhere and, like, I go to the hospital, they send me home. I'm like, how am I supposed to get home? And they're like, you walk. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to another hospital the next day because I couldn't walk. And they sent me home. And then the I guess like they looked at the x-ray more and they were like, yeah, your leg's broken too. So like that was just like a long recovery before I could like build up strength to get the knee surgery. So it was just really hard. And I was like, kind of like, what instructional manual is there for like when you wake up in bed and you can't move like it was bad but like I just got a lot of peace and I started like meditating and I don't know what your name is but that spoke about just like pausing and breathing but like it just really helps me to like pause and breathe and recognize that God's there like through even really painful moments so yeah and then I got two surgeries on the left. One failed, and that was, like, kind of another sad moment when I just slipped on the ice, and, like, I was, like, real just down about my knee. But then it's, like, finally starting to get a little better, and, like, the surgeon's, like, you just got to be, like, more patient. And I'm, like, it's been, like, a year and a half. <laughs> but she said it takes a year. I'm at four months, so... Yeah, I'm just, like, hopeful, and I really appreciate everyone here and just, like, the community and just encouraging me. So, yeah, thanks. I love this. We have, we have time for one more. We'll wrap it up. Um, but I, just, I love being able to share this in community. So. Um. <laughs> I wanted to share two guarantees that God has given me, and I hope maybe they help you. Um, one is old, the other is less old, but <laughs> they're, they've stuck with me, so it's kind of proof that if God gives you a guarantee, it does stick. So... 
several years ago, I was doing a, ses a session with my mom, uh, going through, working through some doubt and stuff like that. And I got to the point where I was feeling okay, but I'm, I pretty much demanded, I'm like, God, give me a guarantee that if this comes back, you will get rid of it. And this is, this is what God gave me. Um, it was um, more like an image, like a moving image, like a video. Um, have any of you ever seen like the documentaries of like the ocean? And you see those giant schools of fish that there's all just like little flashes of silver and they're all like moving. It's like one giant organism. It was that. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was for the longest time and I still don't think I fully understand it. But my understanding has gotten a little better. And um, as far as I understand, that is the church. And the church is hundreds of thousands of little flashing silver fish that all move together as one. And I am in there. And even if I don't think so, even if it doesn't feel like it, I'm still in there and I belong. And uh, the, the second guarantee is a little more recent and I have struggled and am struggling and will struggle with um, self-worth and mattering and belonging forever. Um, but there was one time somebody was praying for me and she said she just kept getting the same phrase, you are worthy. That was all she got. And I know it's from God, because people keep telling me that. And that means nothing. But I believed her. And I still believe her. So God told me that. So, yeah. close in music, in praise together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I want to go to communion. And communion is a time to like look at what Jesus did. Uh, Liza just talked about hearing God say, you're worthy. And uh, we recognize in that that like everybody has worth. Everybody has value. He gives, that's how he looks at us. He gives that to us. He gives us our name and he sees great value in us, so much value that he would come when we were separated and like come to the rescue, come for us. So in communion, we celebrate God who came to the rescue because of the value he saw in us because we couldn't get back on our own. We were separated and he paid for that and he reconciled us to himself through that. We celebrate communion and we end the day and worship, grabbing whatever you got around you, the instruments and the voices and the hands, and we'll sing. Pray with me. God, we thank you for people who have led the way in calling out to you in high seasons and in low seasons that we see in the Psalms, the way they lead us to authenticity with you and back to your love. Jesus, we thank you for the, the way that you loved us 
would come for us. And we recognize you now as our Savior and as our King, as the one who came and saved us and rescued us, and the one that we praise, the one that we glorify. As we sing, all hail King Jesus. We do that as a response to one who loved. That you loved deeply and you gave yourself fully. And as we find ourselves in you, we find ourselves loved and we find ourselves changed. And we erupt. We hail you. We praise you. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. There was a moment